This is The Midnight Club, a podcast for Athenas and Clydesdales and the rest of us that, when we come in last, it's still coming in first. Johnny Welcome back to the Midnight Club. I am Clinton Scott Timmerman, the first, and I am joined by Clinton Austin Timmerman, also the first. Also the first. I'm joined by another Clinton Timmerman, and it's kind of a funny story how we ended up becoming ski buddies, all from a Google alert that I got. Uh, This would have been, what, 2015? 16? Uh, yeah, it would have been the year I graduated college. 2015. But either 2015 or 2016. One of the two. Yeah, around there. Probably because uh, I was applying for school. Yeah, probably the end of 2015. Probably towards winter. Right, right. Yeah. So I, the quick and dirty story of that is I have a Google alert for my name. So in case a patient goes and had a bad experience and then they write it, I can at least respond. And then I got a notification, and I'm like, wait, you know, Clinton Timmerman, but this isn't me. I figured there aren't too many Clinton. Actually, I don't think there's too many Clintons in the world, let alone Clinton Timmermans. Yeah. And it was your, it was like your senior thesis for biochemistry or something? Yeah, yeah. It was like my senior thesis project. To get a Bachelor of Science at my school, you had to have a, a research project. Otherwise, you only got the Bachelor of Arts degree. And going down the medical route and everything's so goddamn competitive now. We can swear on this thing. I'm assuming we can swear on this. Yeah, yes. We can blurp it out. Um, Racial slurs are recommend keep to a minimum. Yeah, I not, no more than two. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I uh, I had to do the bachelor of science with you know applying to med school and all that. So I had to do research, and I was already interested in research anyway. So it made sense. True. And ended up doing that on uh, freaking uh, uh, root bacteria, rhizobia. They fixate nitrogen. They basically do the part of a fertilizer without actually using the fertilizer. Hence the you can see the cost effectiveness of, you know, utilizing these bacteria plus the, you know, environmental impact is much lower. So right, right. It was a real cooker. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it, if it, I if I could watch <laughs> a Time to Kill, or even that Tom Cruise movie where he's like the lawyer running away from Wilford Brimley, or yeah. your paper, I totally would choose your paper. I think I don't. I think even I would kill myself yeah. if I had to read it again. <laughs> but no, it was good. It was my first like wet foot into a publishing a research paper because before that I'd done research, but nothing actually, just like a poster. So writing a paper was. I read it now. I'm like, God, man, if I tried to write, if I wrote like this today, every doctor would slap me in the face because it's just so bad. But. You know, just structure, style. Structure, style, uh, the way you present your information. And that obviously differs, differs in a undergrad academic level than a, you know, a graduate. And, and not even on that, but actually a medical physician level of like how they present things. So generally speaking, really quickly, like if you present on science as a PhD, it's going to be a lot different than if I presented my patient who is a 73. You know, the way you right, describe right. things of a clinical scenario and patient outcome versus, you know, oh, this experiment worked. This data shows the experiment is a good, you know. So anyway, but that's it's all true. nerd shit. So let's get on. Lots with it. of nerd shit. Uh, but what had happened there is you were about to apply to med school. Yep. You had said, hey, I don't even, I'm going to apply to both MD and DO programs. Right. Yep. I need a recommendation from both. I happened to be married to somebody at the time that was actually a DO. So she's a physician. Was She was able to... Um, you know, get to know you a little bit, write yeah. your letters for recommendation. I did, yeah, I didn't then, even ask. I remember you you guys offered, and that was the best part because I was like, well, I'm not going to ask somebody I've never met before. And then, But no, we ended up meeting and hanging out, and that kind of sealed the deal. It was, it was very, uh, very courteous of you two. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, as you owe me. Not only am I paying for dinner sometimes or whatnot, but yeah, no, yeah, it's I'm expecting a big payback someday. It's, it's it might be another five years, but. Hey, someday you'll, you'll see it. By the time you're 50, when you yeah. actually be practicing <laughs> medicine for real. Well, how how old are you going to be in in five years? Well, I'll make you. Oh, holy crap! Almost 50. Because I'm 43 now. Jesus. <laughs> this will be 48. Okay. Well, you're d- d- um. All right. So you're gonna have to start doing squats from now on because it's gonna be hard to ski when you're 50. You know. Yeah, this is true. Uh, well, and that leads into something I was gonna talk about too, as far as cross training and sports and whatnot. Real quick, long story short, 
as we got to know each other, you then started coming out to Colorado to go skiing. Yeah, you you so, popped my Colorado cherry, as yeah. it were. I had been to the state, but I had not skied it, obviously, um, with my aunt. And I, you know, I, I've, I've been through, I've driven through Denver. And we actually got to experience really good snow in, in a resort. Yeah. Our, our first place, and where we went this last weekend, was Telluride down in southwest Colorado. Yep. Which, uh, gorgeous place. If no one's been, it's usually ranked in the top five for North America. It is out of the way, but the nice thing about that is it's not usually not too overly crowded. Yeah. Uh, but the terrain is incredible, and then the snow is, you know, maybe not as good as Utah, but still really close. This last weekend we were there. I mean, how, how are your legs feeling right now? As I mean, I, like I said, I worked out starting. I started. I, I took a break from working out when COVID started in March, and I didn't really – I ran every now and then, but I didn't work out, you know, with weights or push-ups, you know, like a full-body type deal until right around Thanksgiving – I was like, you know what? I can't just sit around to be fat anymore, especially as a medical student. And like, you you know, you spend a lot of your time sitting and stuff like that. Especially now with everything virtual, half my rotations were online anyway, which is another topic we could discuss at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, working out definitely helped. I was doing squats. I did a lot of lunges, running, you know, cardiovascular. And it's funny in skiing, you you use your legs a lot, but you do use your upper body a good amount when you're skiing because you use your arms to kind of direct your body. And when you actually get into the steep stuff you crouch more and you actually use your core a shit ton more than i ever knew it was funny one of the first times i went skiing i was like okay my legs hurt but my abs also hurt and which i was like right. kind of weird so, so i need to pick up my yoga game. yeah no being flexible i think is the most important thing um but yeah my, my legs are sore i also went skiing earlier this year too so i kind of i was kind of used to it but Definitely more sore here than obviously anywhere in the East Coast, like Vermont, because it's steeper. By the way, he likes to play with toy trains, and yes, that was a toy that train my, that just that whistled. Was, that was my toy train that I uh, take with me on every vacation. <laughs> yeah, I you usually, can't go anywhere without it. But yeah, no, I, it's steeper here. The elevation, I think, it killed me and you both when we hiked. What Bald Mountain? That was the that goes up to just that, under just 12, under twelve. 000. But yeah. I don't know the the the. the uh, the hiking elevation that we experienced from, you know, taking the skis off and walking up the mountain. Yeah, I wanted I to try to figure that out. It's I want to, it's got to be at least ass. 500 feet. I at imagine. the very least. Yeah, it might equipment. be close to 1,000, but that might be a little high. It might be like 800 or something like that. Well, and this was my first time skiing this year, this weekend, and then carrying the ski equipment, you know, with myself, and then the elevation, not living here anymore. Yep. Has taken its toll. So I, I felt it getting off the airplane. But I definitely realized, and this is something that, uh, Kelly and I have talked about in previous podcasts where your body is so dynamic, but at the same time, it, it wants to be efficient. So it's like, Hey, if all you do is run, we're going to get you real good shape for running fine. But then you start doing exactly. something different you start ice curling, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. It, it's going Thinking to about picking it up myself. Cause even this last Monday, I, I, I need to step up actually my training program, but Monday last week, I still swam 1.3 miles on Monday and then I ran five miles on Tuesday. So it wasn't nothing. But then as soon as I hit the slopes, like legs burning yep, and I was just sucking air, I was just feeling everything. So I feel like I just got trashed on the mountain. Yeah. I mean, you and me both, uh, I definitely, when we, I, I, like I said, that's probably one of my favorite runs at that mountain. It's just that the hike alone is just—I mean—it kicks your ass, and it's—it's it's really rewarding. It's probably the, at least from what we've experienced, we haven't—we haven't gone to the peak peak at Palmyra because it's usually closed. You need a lot of snow, but from my experience, those are probably the best views in the whole resort because you can see basically everything. Yeah, no, and, some of the most yeah. gorgeous scenery I've been to, and at least in North America, yeah. has been in Telluride, oh, without just a with doubt. The, the canyons and the mountains and the rock formations. Yeah, I've skied. I mean, I you skied more places than I have, but I've skied in the East Coast. In the West Coast, obviously in California, Northern California, um, and now in the Pacific Northwest, I skied Mount Hood. And it was cool. And uh, coming to Colorado, even like comparing Vail or Breckenridge, like yeah, it's pretty, but it, the Telluride views are just like they blow them out of the water. Mm -hmm. It's just so much more beautiful. Just and simply because it's kind of funny to say it, but there's just nothing else around. So you just you just absorb just the nature. There's no giant towns and people or cities. Like it's just. Endless, yeah, endless well, and what's even really cool as well, well, the, the town of Telluride is in this three, it's a boxed-in canyon, so you've got right. it on three sides, and then you get up the mountain, and then you can see panoramically, and then you see the yep. town, and then when you're skiing back to the town itself, you, you feel like you're you're almost over it. I don't know how to describe it, but like you you're, you're sitting there staring at it, but you're kind of like looking up a little because it's some of the steep terrain, 
So it's really cool to go to this old mining town that's still that's kept its charm. There's there's the newer mountain village where the modern stuff is. So that's just kind of, you know, it, the bougie place. Right, right, exactly. They've yeah. built up in other areas. Um, but yeah, we. And this is now our third time going to Telluride. Um, yeah, I, I want to branch out, try some other places, but we always know we're going to have a good time coming here. Is the thing? That's the thing. Is it like uh, you know we did Alta last year? That don't get me wrong, that was a blast. It was my first time in Utah, so that was cool. Um, the Mormons were interesting to say the least. But you, you uh, went through the first three discussions. Yeah, we're, you're gonna you're gonna fill I'll, me in the I'll last up for two, the last right? last three. Old Bill's gonna give me a talking to. I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, and I loved, uh, like I said, I loved Alta. It was great. It was definitely the best powder, like the driest snow you can find probably on the planet. Um, at least that's what I've heard. And it's definitely for the country. It's the driest powder skiing in North America. And it was better than Zermatt and Matterhorn we went mm-hmm. to. But yeah, the terrain wasn't there. It wasn't as steep. It wasn't as, uh, I don't know, size. I, I still think Telluride's bigger than Alta. Um, it wasn't as big. It wasn't as steep. There wasn't as much diverse terrain. Like it's not just that it's steep and there's, Cliffs, there's, well, there's cliffs, there's moguls, there's chutes, there's little gullies, there's there's so many different things in Telluride. You can you can literally do, any type of skier can be Yeah, like, tree oh. skiing. Yeah, you have tree skiing, they have, they have literally everything you could, you can do backcountry, you can do groomers if you really want, like they have everything. Right. So, you never get, I've never been bored there, I'm like, oh, we can always just do this, oh, we can always do that. Versus like, you go to Mammoth, you're like, okay, it's mostly groomers, right. yeah, they're steep, they're fun, but it's just like groomers and bulls. And like the only time you can get to the backcountry, you have to like actually hike to it, and it's not accessible by a chairlift. Right. Versus right. Telluride, you literally take the chair up and you just ski down. And you're like, oh, there's nobody out here. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you'd mentioned earlier uh, Zermatt. We did have a chance to go to Switzerland a couple years ago. Yes. I mean, do you remember? Remember fun? Remember pre-COVID? I remember. I remember uh, <laughs> not having to wear a damn mask everywhere. That was nice. Yeah, honestly. that's I just, true. I understand the need for it, but uh, yeah, that was fun. And yeah, bars. Wow. Well, so it's a really fun place. The, the interesting thing on the terrain, we both have discovered. Now, two years prior yes. to that, I, I had skied in a place called Four Valleys or Valais. Correct. If you'd yeah, say yeah, that yeah. In, in French, I guess is, is the pronunciation there. Um, but uh, everything there is really, really simple, incredibly groomed, very yeah. easy, and to me, very boring. <laughs> and so then when we went to Zermont, like, okay, I got to try out the Matterhorn. Um, again, all the on piste or on piste. I always want to say pissed, but uh, yeah, I don't know. P I S T. But when you're on the trail, on on the on the on the actual um, trails that they've got designated, all of it I just thought was really really boring. And what sucked the year we went, anything off the trails it was um, just ice. It was yeah, all the powder just frozen and over. Yeah, it wasn't even ice. It was that weird yeah frozen powder where it's not ice, but it's just frozen snow which you know sounds like ice but it's not it's like sheets of frozen snow but it's not hard enough to be actual it was just very weird yeah it's a very wet hard surface that is not good for skiing at all it's actually fucking horrible no yeah no it it really was because i remember i tried going off that one time and i like almost fucking like destroyed my knees because i was like wait uh the the skis aren't turning on right there's nothing yeah (laughs) Uh. so i've i've said that the most beautiful place I've ever skied would absolutely be Zermatt yes. there in Switzerland. Like the Matterhorn right yeah. there, the glaciers, the town, definitely. But the actual skiing, the actual terrain, it, I mean, it just was a little boring for me. If you're a beginner, if you're going to take your family and maybe you've got younger kids that aren't as good, it's perfect, perfect yeah. for that. Um, you know, it's, even the lodge at the top of that glacier was really cool. So it, it's the, definitely a bucket list thing to do to say right. I've done it. It was cool. Now that being said, I would still go back maybe in the summer or even the winter just to hang out. Like if I was in Switzerland and I was like, oh, you know what, Zermatt was a really cool town. I wouldn't mind just hanging out. You mm-hmm. know? And I think, like I said, I think if I was gonna go back, I would do or you know, if you're still alive at fifty and not, <laughs> we'll find know, out five hundred pounds. <laughs> I wanted to do that trail, that backpacking trail from Chamonix to Zermatt. Yeah, it's like a so I've heard awesome thing. things about yeah, that, where essentially great. you spend a day skiing and hiking to go from a lodge at the top of one peak to get to the next. You kind of traverse over, and so yeah. in this case, you'd go from it's like a eastern few, France into Switzerland, a few hundred miles, I think, too. Like it's a you have to be in very good shape. It's not like oh, I'm gonna you know just show up one day. It's one of those things you actually have to train for. Yeah. And if Bald Mountain hike into that yesterday is any indication, yeah, like we're I, not. I got a little bit more training I got to do. And I'm supposed to do Rainier this year. Kelly and I are, yeah. are doing Rainier, so 
we'll see how that goes. I mean, like I said, I, uh, I've done uh, Whitney in California, which is the tallest in the country, and that you know takes all day. It's a lot, um, but I think that tallest in the lower contiguous. Yeah, is that yeah? Well, it might be all fifty. I don't know. I have to check. Because uh, Mount McKinley now in Denali is the tallest in North America. Yeah, so that's in, up in Alaska. We don't really count Alaska, right? I mean, I count Alaska. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's a, it's it's a lot um, uh, of elevation gain, and that's the I think that's the thing that you train. I mean, I think you experienced the most on this trip was just the def, the difference from living at elevation. You were like, oh, this isn't that bad, and then moving to somewhere where I mean, me, you and I are at similar. We're basically both below sea level, essentially, right? And going back, and now now you you were in Colorado. You got used to like the Denver, Colorado, whatever area. You got used to the five thousand, six hundred thousand feet. You would even ski out, so you really got used to it. And then you went back to Seattle, and complete opposite. You're at the bottom of the world, and yep. then you come back. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh fuck, this this." Well, this that's is why a lot fun. of endurance athletes live in Colorado yeah, full time. Because even before my first marathon, when I flew into Seattle, and a few days ahead of time, I was just jogging to just to try to make sure I was staying loose for it. Right. It it was great. It was some of the the best running. Like, oh, I feel like I could go forever. So it's it's awesome when you can move to elevation, and you know the. You know, the physiology of this, as far as, you know, your body reacts, more erythropoietin yep. is excreted, increases your hemoglobin count, hermetocrit goes up. Yeah, they it's get, awesome. What's that um, acetazolamide they give to hikers, the carbonic and hydrogen? If you want to get really sciencey, it prevents, you know, the acidosis from building up and all that. So ah. you don't breathe as much and all that. But yeah, um, definitely, uh, I, I, if, if I was going to be an athlete, I would don't see why I wouldn't train somewhere like that doesn't have to be, I mean, Carlos is on one of my probably favorite States, but just somewhere at elevation to have that advantage. Right. That's why I'm always kind of intrigued that people play in Denver and win. Cause I'm like, God damn, you guys like must be in really good shape. If you could play football for four hours at, you know, Rams can play in LA and then go to Denver and beat them. It's like, Oh, that's kind of impressive. Oh yeah. And that definitely is a home field advantage for yeah. You know, Colorado based teams suck, or even but yeah. in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes, I mean, elevation can only give you that much of an advantage. <laughs> yeah. You still need talent and whatnot. Exactly. I guess it's kind of dropped off the last few years for them, but that's another reason why with the air being thinner, uh, Coors field, they now have to, um, put the balls in these humidifiers yeah. because people were just breaking home run records when they first opened up, when they, first had baseball in in Colorado and eventually when they moved into Coors Field from Mile High and then uh, a lot of field goal records I think have been broken at Mile High remember Jason Elam was always kicking it seemed it felt like he was always kicking 60 plus yarder basically yeah it was it's interesting the uh the effect that altitude has on and even cooking um when you make mm -hmm. when you bake or cook you usually have, you might have to cook it at a higher temperature or longer yeah or uh, is, is it the other way around? None, none of the, one of the ways. No, boils quicker. I think boils quicker, right? Yeah, yeah. It cooks fat because there's less there's less pressure. So yeah, right. It, it, yeah, you don't have to heat as much. There's less molecules of air and stuff per area. So there's right, less right. heat resistance. So, yeah. And this um, is the kind of cocktail party conversation that usually works well for me too. When you talk about boiling point differences. So yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. Well, and it, it's interesting. Uh, one of my biggest is things. Sexy. Science is sexy. Uh, it, yeah, it's nerdy, but it's cool. I mean, one of the biggest ones uh, that I like about the Western states, for the most part, and West Coast included, is that they actually plow the roads. They don't salt. They salt them still, but not as much. And usually, salt's not as gross. The East Coast, yeah, they plow it, but they also throw so much fucking goddamn salt down. Like I'm in Jersey, I'm like, my car is like white from the salt. Like you <laughs> right. know, yeah, your car gets grimy, but I'm looking mm -hmm. at my car, I'm like, yeah, they just corrodes the the vehicles because right. it gets all in the axles and the CV boots, and then. You have to get a new one, and it's it just the undercarriage is destroyed. So that's been one thing. No, and I know the, for many reasons they do that. A, people are stupid, and that's usually mm -hmm. the, the reason we do everything nowadays for government. There's too many reckless drivers that don't understand how to drive in the snow. Um, it's a high-density area. But B, also, the East Coast goes through those freeze thaws. I mean, honestly, most of the country besides the West and the West Coast goes through freeze thaws where it'll be – snowing at 30 then it'll be 45 an hour later then it'll go to 20 at night so you have all the snow drop it melts into water and then it freezes at night again mm -hmm. so you just transformed your entire roadway into a giant sheet of ice yeah yeah so that i understand why they have to salt so much because they literally can't like there's not snow just to plow it's it, you can't plow ice it's, right it's right ice, so makes sense makes sense yeah
Annoying nonetheless. Very true. Very, lots of things in Jersey are as well. So <laughs> yes, don't get me started. Oh Jesus. Um. So you've we've visited Telluride. We've been to, to Switzerland. Yeah. What what would you say the next next five resorts you'd want to visit? Like what's at the top of your list? So I think we agree on this. I think we're pretty big on Jackson or Big Sky. I think would be the next big move for us. Um, I'm down with either. Wyoming is beautiful. The Tetons are, I think the Tetons are probably the most beautiful mountains in the country Yeah, well, in yeah. terms of views. Honestly, very on par with Telluride's views. Obviously, I think the Tetons are a better view because you, I mean, there's very few places in the world where you can literally stand on a grassland, look at a moose, and then see, what, 14,000 foot like rocks that literally look like they were like, like God just kind of put them down because there's not a lot around them. Right. It's they very just, they pop up out of nowhere and you're like, oh, okay. So they're very uh, prominent peaks, but yeah, either Jackson or Big Sky would be cool. Um, there's obviously, I think, I think personally, I would do Jackson first, then Big Sky, and then I want to go to that place in Alaska, that Al, is it called Alikesia Resort that I sent. Yeah, you? yeah, um, that looks awesome. Oh, what did you send me? I know that I forgot the name of it, but it looks very cool. And there's heard, not I've, on Alaska. There's Alaska, Alaska, Ali. We will put this in the show notes. Yeah, um, one of the. I definitely would like to go to La- one. I just want to Alieska go to Alaska Resort. Yeah, that's Alieska. Alieska if Resort. If we're saying it right, I don't know if that's how they say it. Probably, I'm, we're butchering I'm it. Sure. Nonetheless, and, and, you look cool. So and our, our listener that's up in uh, Point Barrow, Alaska, is cringing right now. He probably wants to punch us in the face. You know, but most people do want to punch me in the face at least. So. Ah, that's yeah. You probably don't want that. I've got a punchable face. You like uh, yeah, you're like uh, Will Ferrell in um, Step Brothers. Right. Exactly. Remember when? Uh, Rob Riggle is telling Will Ferrell, he's like, hey, I just want to punch you in the face really fucking hard. So fix your face. It's a good movie. Fix it for you. It's a good place. By the way, have you been to the Catalina wine mixer? I have not. I've been to Catalina. I haven't been to the wine mixer. Oh, okay. I'm going to check it out sometime. We should, that should be next on the bucket list. We, we, we should put that on there. Um, yes. Uh, we'd love to go to the wine mixer. I do actually want to still swim from Catalina. I was about inland. to bring that up. We're going to have a good segue into your supposed 30 mile swim from the Catalina Island to the mainland you were saying if you would if I'd be willing to boat you follow your yeah around. I need a boat captain yeah that'd be cool exactly I've I've been back and forth from Catalina a and couple times throw me peanut butter or whatever that they uh you know you seem to throw them like in a little peanut butter jar and open it up and you take your food and you know because that's a long ways to go without any food or water so it is uh have you have how, I've, how often do people do that swim and how long does it usually take them you know, I need to research a little bit more. Into I think you Alabama. should, because uh, I think it's a lot. Well, definitely before I go, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's because I mean, there's there's even an ultra race that I've I've thought about. Of course, I think about doing all these crazy things, and I get get to doing it. Like, why did I do this? Right. But there's something called the Uberman, and that is Uberman. you swim from Catalina to the mainland, and then from there you ride your bike to basically where the bad water is. Um, so you're, you're oh, getting yeah. out of Death Valley and then yep. you run the bad water up to the base of, is that Mount Whitney? You, you run up from Death Valley? Yes. Yeah. So then you go up to like the base of Mount Whitney. Um, uh, the benefit of that is there's no timetable on it. So if you need to take more time, you can take more time for me it would probably take me several days, if not weeks. I don't think it would take weeks, but it does sound like a huge pain in the ass, uh, but the Catalina is part of it. And it's one of the eight big swims in in the world mm. so i don't know and i don't know i'm drawn to try to do that either yeah like i told you I'm, a, I'm i mean i'm a pretty big fitness guy i'm not as obviously as in greatest shape as i was in college i don't think anybody is unless they're a professional athlete um so i really like you know i i as much as i say i hate the gym i do enjoy working out because i like i don't like the actual working out i like being done because you mm-hmm. just get that great feeling that euphoria and you're just in better shape and i, I would tell you my friends that like the only reason I work out really is just so I can do things that I like, so I can ski, so I can surf, so I can go mountain biking, horseback ride, whatever I want to do. Like being in good shape for those sports, A, makes them easier. B, makes them so you can do more intense things you might be interested in. C, you're less likely to get injured. Right, so, right. And a lot of people don't think like that. They're like, oh, well, I'll just go for a run a couple of weeks before I go skiing. And it's like, no, that doesn't translate like that. It, you have to like, you basically have to maintain your fitness almost at all times. It's, you know. Absolutely. It sucks. And as you get older, too. Yeah, and it, get, and it gets more difficult, without a doubt. Like, we were talking today, I was saying, uh, you know, every, people say that when you get older, everything hurts more. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, it does. Like, I, I'm sure it does. I'm not the age to say that yet. But um, 
people, I think they misconstrue the fact that, okay, when you're 35 or when you're 38, 35 and you're working a full-time job and then you also try to work out, that's very hard to do compared to when you were 21 in college and you know, you went to class for a couple hours and then you worked out and sometimes twice a day if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you had no full-time job. You didn't have 40 hours minimum a week spent on this or that. And you didn't have, right. You probably didn't have a relationship. I mean, some people have a relationship, but you didn't have a wife or children and all these, you just had less time to focus on exercising. So, because yeah. in, in a sense, I mean, exercising, it, it's, a, it is a chore. I mean, you know, it's just like washing your dishes or painting. It just takes longer. So, um, I think that people, as they get older, they say, oh, I, you know, I'm old, I can't do this. It's like, yeah, to an extent, definitely, your knee isn't as mobile when you're 20. Everybody knows that. But at the same time, it's more so that you are exercising less as you get older than, than anything right, else. Right, right. Yeah, so you definitely have to be disciplined to carve that time for you. Right. Um, or for yourself. Because I remember wondering, you know, years ago, like, I was so much better shape in high school, but high school got done at 2.10 in the, in the afternoon, right. 2.10 p.m., and then I either – if I played a sport, I was at that practice or if I wasn't, I was still working out and then right. I was starting homework and everything at five. Well, a lot of people's jobs get done at five. At five right. Um, and then even you mentioned undergrad, yeah, even more so you know, there's a lot of just personal time or study time. And so personal time. Well, it, it's, it's not, it's not like every day, really like is. eight hours. You might have like <laughs> two classes on Monday, maybe nothing on Tuesday. And well, then yeah. Wednesday like... stacked up. And so you're supposed to be studying and I, did my best for that but i felt like i had more time to to still work out and do some other oh, things yeah I mean, like i said i i drank the most in college i worked out the most in college and i also studied a, a lot in college but definitely more drinking and working out than anything else i feel like and i think in most people that's true obviously you know people have different priorities what they're interested in life but i would say studying is not a big part of undergraduate yeah, it seems like a lot of people, country. there's a lot of yeah. self-discovery happens there. If it's <laughs> yeah. drugs, if it's That's sexuality, we'll if it's it. all Some, the above. I said sometimes the combination of both. Right. I mean, yeah. Exactly. So. Well, it's like even in, in uh, South Park, I think um, when the, well, actually every time Chef would go to, to uh, you know, the kids are getting into something and then he's like, kids, kids, no, there's, there's a time and place when you discover these drugs and you discover like multiple sexual partners <laughs> and that's called college. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, or they always make jokes. Yeah, or like um, I know Family Guy has done it a lot, where they say, "Oh, back in college, like, you know, I, I was, you know, uh, bisexual, or if I was gay, or whatever." And then right. things change when you go back to real life. And it's like, well, can you really switch the tapes like that? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, um, and of course, my I've always wondered what my college experience would be had I gone to not Brigham not Young <laughs> University. It's the kind uh, of place where you can. Because and I've done this before too. Like if you maybe people get a cabin and there's like fifty you know kids piling right. in a room or watching yeah. just Adam Sandler movies, but technically you're having uh, co-ed people hanging out in the same place. And if it's past midnight, which sometimes you just fell asleep, um, that's technically breaking the honor code. Bounce wow wow. Yeah, well, so I, I mentioned people that. that I was breaking the honor code watching an Adam Sandler movie in a mountain. And then they're like, oh, wow, yeah, I did <laughs> I, I did acid in, in undergrad and yeah. had multiple partners at once. This, that, I mean, it, everything about it seems completely different. So, but I, I, yeah, you, uh, yeah, you're, it's, I always find it interesting that like the first time we met um, was at a bar in downtown Huntington Beach. I remember that was at uh -huh. Perks. Yeah. And it uh, was a blast. But that was one of the first things we discussed was that like your, your past life, we'll call it as a Mormon. And basically, I mean, yeah, I think you're the first person I met that has because I've met Mormon people, but they're still Mormon. But you're the first, uh, we'll call you a uh, non-conformer or a uh, transition piece, so, uh, or a heathen. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> falling yeah, away. Yeah, we could just go full bore on it. Right. Call you a Apostate. disgusting fucking heathen yep. that deserves to be burned at the <laughs> stake. You know, do that thing where they like torture your ball sack beforehand and. Yeah, I just do that on my own anyway, you know, <laughs> in anticipation for that torture. That way it would be spike, no big spike deal. Spike heel through the table right. hole. Yeah, everyone's seen that one, right? <laughs> it's good stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, the college experience was different. I mean, li living in Utah must have been an experience of and of itself. At the t I mean, because I've only been there. Yeah. With, with it's you. definitely an interesting place. I definitely liked it. It was very cool. It's definitely very outdoor friendly. You could definitely go mountain biking, hiking, skiing. And it's actually fishing. a lot more diverse these days. I think 60% yeah, oh, yeah. of Salt Lake County is non-Mormon. Um, there's even a, I mean, they have a gay pride festival. There's a yeah. uh, Harvey Milk Way. Um, so it's still, 
you know, still pretty changed. It's it changed for the better, I think. Um, I, I think just most to be a little people, bit culturally, I think balanced. everyone besides Mormon feels that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Well, even some people that I know that that are Mormon that live in Utah, they they like how it seems to be, you know, a little bit more cosmopolitan. And then yeah. I know some non-Mormons that have moved to Utah and they're actually liking it too. So I honestly, it'd be, I, it is not on the top of my list for states to move, but I could consider moving there. Would you rather live in Jersey? Or Utah? Or Utah. Uh, Utah. What, what, what <laughs> a fucking question is that? Fucking, you ask me more stupid question, I'm hanging up or whatever. Uh-oh. I'm turning off Uh-oh. the mic. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, that is a uh, term I wonder if kids either won't get or will keep using it, but they won't understand the origins of it. Hang up. Because, you know, you used to hang up yeah. a phone. You have a... You put it yeah. to your, your face. Well, you know, especially with Zoom, what do, you, what do you say when you, you know, log out? Oh, I'm leaving the chat or I'm right. going to go now. And yeah. I've definitely had some as as a, as a interviewing where it's like someone says bye and then doesn't know how to actually leave the room. And then you're kind of fidgeting there for like a couple of minutes because you can't. I mean, I, usually it's let's be honest, it's the, it's the older generation, the boomers. Right. And they can't find the exit button. And they're sitting there getting kind of sweaty for a couple of minutes. And you're just like, I'm just going to leave the room and make this easier for everybody. Or, of course, it's, it's even tripped up the people like, uh, oh, that was it not Robbie Tobin. Uh, oh, the guy that jerked off yeah, on the camera. He, he uh, had, on the TV. camera was still on and everything. Yeah. That must have made things really awkward for that Zoom session. <laughs> like, what was, what, what is your game plan when you're like, you know what? I'm going to masturbate uh, on my computer uh, with the Zoom still open and my camera, like, still on. Like, there's so many chat. I think, I mean, I'm one of those people that. It was Jeffrey Tubin. That's what it was. I'm one of those people that I mean, my webcam is actually embedded in my laptop. So, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the reason, one of the nice things about the laptop is there's a little um, slide that goes over the camera. So, when you don't aren't using the camera, you slide it closed, and that way it's blocked off by a piece. Uh, of, it's, and it's physically blocked. It's off. physically because apparently some people are concerned about. Yeah, you can you hack just use into your it. laptop. Yeah. they can hack into your camera. They can. They totally do, and that's why I do that. I, whenever I'm not using it, which is 99 percent of the time, I'm not on Zoom. I right. close it off so I don't have to worry about that and you can avoid that kind of situation. But yeah, I, I, I can't but then it makes you wonder, was he just doing it on purpose? Cause well it sounds like he yeah. it's rather than being like, Oh shoot, I thought it was logged off, it sounded like it was intentional. He just meant to like to mute and darken his his chat room or something. <sighs> what a hero, right? That that is <laughs> and the thing is that he he was always a very interesting political, you know, analyst. Uh yeah, then yeah. Louis C. A. K., funny comedian, also has a Interesting. Off the people, right? Yeah, so, because we all got a, our own little quirks, right? <laughs> yeah, we want to call those little quirks. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I a skeleton in everyone's closet, I suppose. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, hang up. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere yet. As long as we have phones, I think hang hang up will be around. But I think we all know that that time is coming to an end. There's gonna be something else that's better and be. You know, it might even be literally like embedded in your hand, you know. There's, right. Which I, I've heard like, I've seen a lot of movies and sci-fi that says that where it's like they actually put like a chip in your thumb and you can do everything with your hand, so it eliminates the need for a wallet, a phone. Oh, it like makes these. sense. And even in Minority Report, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because remember Tom Cruise, everything was by your iris, right? And then your retina. And so he needed an eye transplant. Yeah, I remember and that. And then, but every and everything was personalized. So that when he was walking through the mall, you know, if he liked Gap or maybe he's bought something for Gap, then like those things would just pop up. But it was all embedded in his eyes. So yeah, it's it's also it's both interesting but also terrifying to have uh, that kind of world coming before us. You know, I'm I'm very much a. I think we talked about a John Connor of the uh, technology world. Oh, I, Skynet's coming. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, my friend Ron loves loves aliens and loves robots and just making my life miserable. And he uh, he cannot wait for robots to come. He, he said he's gonna buy me my first robot, like, oh, like robot server. Well, yeah, I mean, so I mean I even these endurance races will probably be trying to run away from robots or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine a robo like actual RoboCop coming after you? That would that. be freaky deaky. It would, cause like at the end of the day, you, I mean, it's a robot. Like you can't really reason with it it's a it's an artificial attendant like you can i don't think uh 
it would be very interesting to see artificial intelligence try to understand or comprehend human death because they're not able to right. do that. You know. Well, isn't that why most of the robots turn? Because the these if it's like, well, hey, what's safest? Well, what's safest is nobody dies. Nobody dies, or everyone. If everyone dies, then you have to worry about death. Or we kill these people that are most right. likely. It's just like, like they rationalize something that would make sense to a computer, but not to yeah, an ordinary it, it, human. Very mathematical, and right, head. right, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess uh, one other thing I was that I thought about bringing up on this podcast is um, you you've done a decent amount of mountain biking in your life. I have not. Um, I've had I've, I've owned a mountain bike, but like my friend Anthony, you met, he's big on that, so he goes to Big Bear. I go to Big Bear when I was a kid, not anymore because it's not fun. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I would go to Big Bear to learn how to ski, and he went to Big Bear doing mountain biking. So we're kind of opposites in that regard. But he said it was very fun. I've always wanted to go. Um, I've actually never like gone off into like trails on mountains and things like that. Oh, you haven't? No, I oh. like like I'll go through like Saddleback or something serious like that, but nothing like super steep like eight thousand feet or you know Telluride or Alta or Vail or anything like. That. I don't. I haven't just haven't done that. I don't. I don't think I've ever been to a ski resort in the summer ever besides Big Bear in Southern California. Oh, Mammoth technically, but I went for fishing. Oh yeah, even the ski resorts up in Washington, British Columbia, when it's not ski season. You can either just go up the trails, or you put your mountain bike on the back of the the lift. The, the little hook, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looks cool, you know for sure. And that's another thing. You know, we're talking about cross training, or how your body can adapt to one thing. And even in the same type of modality, it, it might be similar, but just still different enough where you might still suck ass. Case in point, when I was trying to train for a mountain bike race last summer, I had just done Ironman length bike, uh, 112 miles, and a you know, I was, you know, was trying to do my best to try to get into triathlon cycling shape, but that's a lot of speed and you're in your aero position. So when I got my mountain bike, went up to the, the mountains, you know, almost immediately, you know, thighs burned, everything hurt. And it's <laughs> yeah. like I hadn't ridden a bike at all. I mean, you, you would never have guessed that I was able to do over a century just, you know, the previous week. Um, so I've wanted to try to, and this is going to ask you as well. Um, I wanted to, to try to do some different types of endurance uh, events. Maybe it's a mountain biking event, um, snowshoeing. I wasn't sure. wasn't sure if that interests you. I was going to ask. Actually, ask. Have you ever done any kind of marathons, half marathons, trail running, swim events? Uh, I remember when I was in college, we did the beer Olympics. Does that count? Sure. And what, <laughs> is that like in Iowa? Do you run a mile, drink a pint, yeah, run a mile, drink a pint? Stuff. We would like, uh, we did like, um, swim, like you had to do laps in the pool. Like I think you would drink a beer and it was like a four, four leg race. You had four different people tag in and I think we swam a mile total to get collectively. Um, or we swam a mile each. Can't remember. Might've been both, but yeah. Um, you did that, you did a run, you did some like rock wall climbing, and then you did like a generic, like get from point A in this city to point B in whatever way you can without using obviously a car or a bike. So you're oh. on foot. That or, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So it was, it was stupid, but no, in terms Where's of the beer come in. Oh, every time you like stop or something, you just get beer. Like basically <laughs> they, you, you like, so in the, in the swim, you drink a beer, you jump in the water, you come out, you drink a beer. Jump in the water, you come, like you know what I mean. You're and did you rotating. vomit at any point? During no, because uh, back then I had a very high tolerance, as evidenced by because <laughs> you were in college. Because I was in college, young. like I said, and it was always like light. It was always like Coors Light or something that's basically water anyway. Oh, gotcha. So the alcohol content was low. So no, I never did. Um, I was in much better shape and drank a lot more. But in terms of actual like triathlons, biathlons, no, I have not actually partaked in like anything like that. I think I thought about doing. I've been invited to some. I guess I just for me. I could do a certain certain amount of distance and a certain amount of stuff, but if you asked me to do an Ironman, I would probably gladly say no. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you, you want to go snowshoeing one time or you want to do like a mountain biking thing, I'm totally open to it. Um, oh, and that, that's what I was, was going to ask. You know, I told you about the Grand Traverse where I believe it's in March. It's a two-day event where you snowshoe from Crested Butte to Aspen. Yeah. And then Labor Day weekend, one day – you'll do the run to so run from Crested Butte into Aspen. They go a certain way where it's 41 miles because uh, the actual trail you could take is just a little over 10. And um, you, um, I know, so you do the run on one day and then the next day you go back and you mountain bike it. So it's a, it's a little bit different than your typical endurance event. I wasn't sure if, 
if that is something that would interest you yeah i i I think my biggest thing with marathons is actually don't mind anything but the running um after about five miles of continuous running i'm pretty much like yeah this is boring it's not a it's not a i'm tired or i'm i can't do anymore it's just that i my mentally i'm just so bored of that well that goes into another question i have then so so kelly and i we're trying to create some races that would hopefully con or complement, not conflict with a race schedule and maybe sure. something that might be just different enough that someone might say, Hey, that sounds kind of cool, which is why I think uh, even swim runs have become a big thing where you, you wear your running gear as you're swimming and you've got a teammate. So you'll run across one body of, or swim across a body of water, run to the next lake, swim across that. Uh, run. See. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be better. So yeah. I wasn't sure if, um, you know what what type of thing would you be interested in if it had a combination of something with snow or mountain bikes yeah um a combination would definitely thing and that, that's the thing is that i would if you told me hey do you want to go on a 20 mile hike or 20 mile run i would tell you hike like every day right and it's not once again it's not a physical thing it's just that on a hike it's variation there's different things going on like there's something there's another substance to it versus on running if i'm just going to like continuously run at like I don't know I there's something I guess I'm processed that correctly but for me there's no excitement um, right but even say, let's things, say you yeah. snowshoe up a hill yeah, like yeah. a hike and you it, ride a snow, running, snow bike it's okay yeah it's just that I I don't like all the running so yeah uh, snowshoeing would be cool um I you know what I've wanted to do uh actually is what is it a biathlon is that one where they shoot that would be something and then cross country that's ski. always the funniest olympic sport when that comes on like yeah you cross country ski it's and badass targets so. yeah well because think about it you're cross country skiing which is as as we know a very endurance heavy and you have to be in great shape to do it sport. right and earlier you brought that up too and you said you've never crossed no skiing, i would right? love to, if you're going to do an event like that i would gladly uh partake okay. i've always wanted it to has to have the shooting or just the cross country uh, i mean both would be preferred but i'll take either what if you it's you go downhill on a snow bike you know those big fat yeah, tire I've bikes those, and yeah. you have like a bazooka and then you're supposed to like <laughs> hit a target with your bazooka um i'm assuming arnold will be there so i'm totally in yeah no for sure <laughs> um cool. no that would be cool but no uh i just think i mean as someone who's like i do i do go shooting a, a decent amount um that takes a lot of mental and physical toughness to do cross-country skiing and then hold a rifle steady and hit targets and not you know it's not a uh, guns do have weight to them and it's actually very hard to aim at a distance of uh, you know over a couple hundred yards so to see those people do that is i'm uh, very cool um to say the least i mean you see all those movies with these guys that are cowboys and ride horses and they're shooting off them like it's no problem but that's not how the real oh, life yeah. works. It's incredibly difficult to hit your target if you're moving or if the thing you're riding on like a horse is also moving. You're bobbing up and down. You're tired. You're, you're sweaty. You're just, it, there's so many factors that separate that from real life that are so drowned out in today's world of movies and video games, I feel like. Cause, now, what if we made know, the stakes high and more intriguing? We'll shoot each other? Right. Well, yeah. you can either have a Mexican standoff, or oh. what if we set up a William Tell, where it's like, look. Oh yeah, there we go. You, and and, and so you get like Lauren. Though. So you yeah. need to shoot this, you know, this chunky soup can off her head, <laughs> and if you do chunky that, you soup. get like bonus points. Would, would, could you be? Would you be ballsy enough for that? I I think uh, Lauren would shoot me with the crossbow before I made the decision. Be, oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So that's probably a no. Yeah, probably. I don't. Okay. Uh, you think Kelly would be totally cool with you? possibly ending her life i don't know no she trusts me enough in my aim it's true to <laughs> for form. i for some reason i feel like you're just lying to me right now i i yeah i because I, I, I am in fact yeah. you know what? i haven't I, shot enough I, hey i did axe throwing a couple months ago kelly took me axe throwing it's and fun. that went very well uh it's one of those things that i was telling my friends it's one of the, i think we talked about earlier with top golf it's one of those things axe throwing where it's like yeah it's cool but wait i can just do this in my backyard right so oh, and I, I have done it in my backyard so like i went once with lauren but i was like this is great but we can do this for free and be at home and like yeah it, it's something i think the, the axe throwing is caught on specifically because people are bored in cities and there's not you can't like yeah. you're not going to new york city like hey guys uh <laughs> it's about four o'clock on a friday how, well but we go on the roof and throw some axes Avenue. <laughs> yeah can, can you imagine like downtown manhattan you're just driving a fucking axe comes like and hits your windshield that and would be awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean shit it's like the uh, the guy in Colorado here that uh, when that uh, that plane blew up or the plane engine blew up and the pieces were raining down on his house, you know, mm-hmm. thank God he didn't get hit. But yeah, you never know what could come out of the sky, man. It might be an axe, might be a plane part. 
It could be Donnie Darko and could that rabbit guy. Yeah. You never know. This is true. Yeah. By the way, Boeing stock. I'm guessing it's going to be a great buy, <laughs> great uh, purchase tomorrow. <laughs> you should look that up. Let's check what we're at right um, now. So, okay. And I, I, I like where we're going as far as brainstorm while you look that up. You know, maybe we would make a, because we've got the Tippleman race. I'm trying to make the Bernie man. Uh, sure. We've got some other ones. Maybe I can make the, the Clinton man. Yeah. Or just the Timmerman. I guess it could just take our own actual name. But I'm trying to think of something that would be kind of fun, different, maybe incorporate people that might get, uh, you know, maybe just don't want to do the, the typical triathlon. Uh, oh, right. and the one thing I did wanted to ask, too, because you said you get bored after five miles. A lot of races don't let you wear headphones. Oof. Don't know why. I mean. <sighs> so what if you were allowed that for this race? If I said, hey. There's a running component. You can wear headphones. You can listen to that podcast. Well, it's funny I just said oof because that sounds bad, but now I think about it, I don't wear headphones or listen to music when I'm working out at all. So, I mean, I'll have it. If it's all over the speaker, I'm one of those weirdos that, like, I hate sweat. Uh-huh. And so right. I hate it when it gets in my ears and shit. So when I wear that stuff, it gets in there and I, you know. Like, I've gotten used to not using headphones, but still when I'm running, I'm generally still listening to podcasts or audiobooks. Yeah, I uh, not I when I ride my bike, it. or even I know you can get headphones now to go swimming, but I'm not even doing it. Expensive too, early. Yeah, so I, I, you know, it, it makes me wonder. Like you and I are very similar in that regard. Like, I mean, we're sitting here in Colorado and we're wearing shorts and t-shirts. Yes, anyone else would literally slap us. Yes, um, and I, I even just wore we <laughs> shorts to, going to yeah, just a shorts and a t-shirt going to, to the, the restaurant. Mexican restaurant. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I knew it was. It wasn't going to be all that cold. I was going to go warm it's up. It's not. The I brought my jacket and there was no reason for it. I was like. But I usually know. have like a, a knit cap, snow boots, and then, yeah, shorts, T-shirt, maybe a jacket. But. It depends. Um, I, I wonder if my cold tolerance is more related to my hatred of being sweaty and overheated or if it's actually um, like a genetic thing because they've done studies on people that find that like, to no surprise, people from Northern Europe generally have better cold tolerance than Ah, and that's totally (laughs) makes sense everything about me uh i'm still dutch but i'm still more i'm more scotch and irish and swedish than i am dutch but that's all same northern europe as we found out we just talked about yeah i'm also heavily scott which was a uh unbeknownst to me i thought it was pretty cool heavily german yeah i was i think i just sent it to you the other night right last night yeah Yeah, oh by the way did you find the boeing stock i did it's actually not as low as i thought it's at 213 and as and of, uh, as of this week, it was at around two twenty. So I mean, yeah, seven bucks oh. a share, but still nothing ah. that damn. I think people just know Boeing fucking sucks now. So that's just uh, <laughs> they're just know. used to these. Oh, it's funny because my dad worked for Boeing for forty years, probably more than that, and he's like, yeah, I mean, whatever happens to him, eat my shit. So I've always been Boeing proud, you know, from Seattle. It's one of the you know the big employers there. Yeah, my dad hated Seattle. <laughs> yeah, well, your your dad's a little misguided. He's also a Rams fan. <laughs> no, my dad's not a Rams. Well, he's a Rams fan in the sense that he likes the Rams. But he's a Redskins fan. Oh, he's a Redskins yeah, fan. You know that? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he's a diehard Redskins fan. He used to get like, I mean, he still does, but he's calmed down. Because I think when you get older, you you calm down because like a, you do you do get tired faster. So he's calmed down. But he used to yell at the TVs, kick and shout and swear. He would get Sundays were bad days in my house growing up because the Redskins were playing. I shit you not. Or sometimes it'd be a Thursday because. Geez, so it really is like Monday. that video you told me about with that that guy that's very upset. Oh with yeah, that, James. my dad would scream, shout. He broke a TV once. He would be mean to my fam- my mom and my yes, you know, my sister and me. Um, you know, he would do a lot of dumb shit, especially when you drink, because that always. And they have not been better. good for a while. So yeah, it was. I grew up in a fun house. If you can't Jeez. tell. So Mark Rippon, he was the quarterback for the Redskins. I think last time they won it all yes. was that eighty nine with Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been a good year in the Timmerman household. I was not alive. No. Oh, that's so... <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Too bad they couldn't have won it Yeah. So some other time when you were alive. Yeah. So. No, but he, he'll root for the Rams because obviously they're the local team and like I like the Rams. And, right. You know, it makes sense. He hates the Seahawks, so sorry. Um, it makes sense. No, and it's, it's funny. Okay. Uh, I think he's he just hates Seattle because every time he got he went, it, it was raining, which, you know, it, fair. It rains in the wintertime. Not does. as much as people think. But, no, yeah, it's gonna be dark and gray. Although, yeah, I think I think they did a study and they found out that it rains more in the eastern, like the, everyone's like, oh, the wet Pacific Northwest, but it actually Seattle accumulates less rainfall than Hartford, Connecticut. Yes, which is interesting. Miami gets more rain. Miami, than yeah, Seattle, Miami's like number it, one. It I think pours and then it'll stop. 
Right. So you get like this huge downpour, and and then you just take cover for but a little bit. That being said, you get the opposite. It is cloudier in Seattle than most uh, cities. Definitely, you might not see the sun for thirty, sixty days. Yeah. Like that. So that is one like, I don't know, that's something I personally don't love about that area because I do like the sun. I think that's why I was saying like I like Colorado the best, or even like the northern New Mexico, Sedona, um, Flagstaff area, or uh, sorry, that's Arizona, northern mm-hmm. Arizona, Flagstaff, and Sedona, or Santa Fe in New Mexico. Is that you get the sun, but you also have the mountains. So yeah, and it does snow a lot. So you Absolutely. get the combination of all three. You get the you get the seasonal changes, but you don't have to live in Depressionville, USA, Seattle. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Not enough vitamin D. Suicide rates more, down though, more right? antioxidants. Yeah, uh, not antioxidants. <laughs> antidepressants <laughs> taken, and probably uh, antioxidants. A lot of blueberries going around. Yeah, in broccoli well, in Seattle. You, so and you got the ap- best apples in the country. This is true. Yeah. They are pretty kick-ass. Can't say Jersey apples are that good. So mm, not surprised. But then again, Jersey, not many Jersey anything is very that good. So yeah, uh, I'm not going to argue that either. I've, <laughs> I've kind of found that Kate May is pretty dope. Kate May is uh, cool. One thing I did want to ask: what, or at least bring up, talk about? You mentioned real butt stuff. Yes, I know you're into that. It's totally cool. <laughs> um, no, uh, Zermont. You mentioned Zermont. You mentioned the people. I did. Uh, wasn't sure if you were going with the the bar singing. Uh, is that <laughs> yeah uh johnny depp is that is that yeah I, i've favorite? never been the, the the actually i guess the two times i've gone to switzerland um same town um that at least there you know you might go to a bar and everybody will just start singing the same song and there's this german dj who does a song uh, called uh, johnny arnold Buffel, D- something says johnny yeah. depp but like dap D- is how you spell A-P-P. d-a-p-p yeah but yeah, you get this whole crowd of people just being like, "Dep, dep, dep, Johnny, Johnny, dep, dep." So that's pretty cool. You almost feel like there's a sense of camaraderie in, I guess, these European ski towns. I think, yeah, I think in in all of Europe, that's pretty true. Regardless, of the, obviously, the skiing adds to it. But I, um, they have a much uh, closer knit society. That's true. And culture. I guess I've gotten more conversations at they, pubs and restaurants. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're I mean, Europe. they. One of the first things, uh, one of my favorite scientist nerd heroes um is Nikolai tesla mm-hmm. we shared the same birthday and oh. um his one of the biggest things he came when he came to america is he's like this dc current bullshit isn't gonna work like mm-hmm. your country is so spread out it's not like france or germany where everything's you have these big hubs everywhere like you have you have seattle you have los angeles you have new york you have baltimore you have boston everything's far texas like the, he's like there's no way direct current is going to work because you have to put a substation every like four miles like mm-hmm. you, you, your country you can't do it, it doesn't work so that's why he did ac current mm-hmm. um that being said the whole point of the argument was just that we are literally as a country much more spread out landmass than anywhere else in the world so i mean china obviously massive but look at their population rate it's very mm-hmm. dense still even as a giant country Right, right. So you're saying just people got used to talking. You got, you to get, other people yeah. I mean, more. imagine you, you. If one of two things happens, which is usually the case, you either love your neighbors or you kill them. Right. And Europe seems to have done both for many centuries, and they'll probably continue to do so. But at the same time, yeah, they. Uh, I feel like they definitely have the social structure uh, that I think most people are a little more comfortable with. Um, but at the same time, I still this is the greatest country in the world. Yeah, that's true. America's but you're best. right. I talked to way more strangers yeah. in Europe than here. Yeah. I would be interested to see are people in the Northeast where it's a little bit more uh, population dense, are they more apt to talk to people in restaurants and bars than say West Coast? You know? I, I've I've noticed yes. Yeah, I've noticed yes. Even when they're assholes, and many of them are, they're still more willing to, to converse with you, share a drink with you, just kind of talk about sports. That was one of the coolest things going Northeast is. Coming from California, sports was like a big shift. Like I come mm-hmm. from California, and no one watches. I'm I'm one of three people that watches the Rams games. Right. So going to the Northeast, everyone you know they watch the Red Sox, they watch the Phillies, they watch the Eagles, they watch the Giants, the Jets, you know whatever you right. The the fucking um Yankees. You know every everybody follows sports. Doesn't matter if it's Damn basketball, Yankees. baseball, anything. So that was a big culture shock for me going from the very outdoor friendly not so focused on tv sports kind of thing to the complete opposite to somewhere where in new jersey it's very much a giant suburb of a state so some of the coolest stuff is very sports heavy yeah no absolutely yeah northeast midwest say well even the south okay everywhere but the west i guess is i'd say on the whole probably more into spectator sports than yeah than the average joe 
Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so, and and that could be a, for a variety of factors. Although, speaking of the South and spectator sports, I would love to see a NASCAR race. I don't know if you have yet. I've never been. No, can, I'd love to. You know, just take take my RV in the center, and just get drunk on top of it and watch cars go two hundred. And just watch an Ricky Bobby go by. Ricky huh? Bobby flying yeah. through the air. He'll he'll pry the one steak knife out with the other steak knife, like in the movie. yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> um. Earlier, you were talking about James Bond movies. So yes. Switching gears a little bit. That's fine. We're all over What the place. is your favorite James Bond movie, Ooh. and why is it Quantum of Solace? <laughs> I'm turning this off. Fuck you. <laughs> that was the last stupid question. That was the last stupid one, huh? Um, yeah. So Quantum of Solace definitely sucked big dull donkey balls. Um, it did, unfortunately. It was yeah, a it victim was of the not. writer's strike. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you said your favorite Bond. In terms out of, of the new of ones, Casino Royale. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think that was the best Daniel Craig performance for a Bond film. Um, all time, Sean Connery was the best James Bond. You can fight me about it if you want, but it's true. I, I think, think most people yeah. will agree with that. And then for his, um, I don't know. That would be, To be honest, and most people don't feel this way, but I loved Thunderball because I just love the underwater cinematography. That was like, think if you can think of another movie that did that, you can't because that was the only movie that they really – Literally dove down underwater and videotaped these dudes fighting in the water. And it was just like, I mean, remember, you see all those like 50, 50 guys and then James Bond and his friends, and he's just shooting spears at each other. Like, that was just. Yeah, it was so obviously cool. pre James Cameron. Yeah, it was so cool. Filming. And it was just, it was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was don't get me wrong, it was very corny. And you're like, wow, this is like hysterical. By the same time, you're like, oh, this is like, this is neat. So, but no, I mean, uh, Goldfinger's good and like, uh, Doctor No and all that stuff is great yeah. too. From but, Russia with Love, yeah. From Russia with Love is awesome. Um, yeah, I like to. Uh, if you if you put a Sean Connery James Bond, it's gonna be a good one. Um, you get a little hairy when you start dealing with Roger Moore and uh, uh, George Lazenby. George Lazenby, <laughs> you only Jesus. For one. Oof. <laughs> um, Pierce Brosnan. So it's funny. I uh, I grew up in the Pierce Brosnan era. Uh huh. I never really watched them. I knew about them. I played. I loved the video game on Nintendo. They were 64. just way over the top cliche for me. Yeah, I, I mean, couldn't I know do that's them. What Bond's and it's to funny because right? I actually like Pierce Brosnan. I think he's a very good actor. Oh know? sure, but yeah, as a Bond, I couldn't. He, I, I wouldn't call him. He's definitely. I think George Lazenby takes the place on the worst Bond. Yeah, I wouldn't well, say sure. he was the worst, but he was by no means the best. Yeah. So. No, I'm really glad that they went a different direction with Daniel Craig. I like a little grittier, a little more believable. Yeah, like so. like we were talking about the. Um, the tech is believable. Like, you know, with with Prius Brosnan, he has, like, a, a watch that can shoot a laser from 500 miles through his asshole. It's like, okay, wait, that doesn't... Uh, that is going to be the next Garmin. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the Garmin 955. The, the new update, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, enjoyed the... Um, the tech tech was believable. The fight scenes were a little more believable. Um, you know, seeing James Bond, like... You know, Sean Connery is gay, but some of those fine scenes was like, ah, I punched you in the nose. and now Right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like, now it's a little more realistic. These guys, like, basically kill each other. And I thought it was cool that you actually see James Bond get tired. Like, he fights four dudes, and he's fucking exhausted. He's sweating. He's, like, basically dying. Versus the old ones, it's like, oh, okay, I threw, took down five guys, and I'm perfectly and okay. And it's no big deal. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a little more realistic. <laughs> yeah. It's not – killing four dudes isn't uh, a very uh, – um, how should I say it? Uh, sedentary lifestyle. You got to be in pretty good shape to That's do that true. kind of stuff. That's true. <laughs> good deal. Well, hey, number two, I appreciate you coming on this podcast. Appreciate your uh, your insight and also, you know, your what you might be interested in, in yeah. as far as an endurance race. So I'll, I'll no, work on that. Interested. What we should do is put something together, have you be a part of the inaugural race and you yeah. know what you think of it and what we could do better and i would be totally in um i, I think uh I, as as someone who's never done that kind of thing i've done a lot of high endurance things like i've I, you know but i've just never done like an official marathon or iron or whatever so that would be a it would definitely be a bucket list thing for me at the yeah. very least okay so, yeah and cool. uh, you know i i think uh changing it up is always nice you got to kind of get out of your comfort zone especially with exercises i've noticed that when you exercise, you tend to, you know, do a certain workout and you kind of get bored of that workout and you almost kind of go through the motions after a while. Totally. And you kind of, if you don't change it up, you're like, oh, I, you know, I'm in decent shape, but I do the same changing. five mile run. I realize I got to, yeah. even if I do a five mile run elsewhere, it's yep. still going to feel different. different. It's going to be harder. Yeah. So it's easy just to get in a rut, get in a plateau. Right. So that, that's always something I'm trying to find. But yeah, it's been great. This was my first podcast. So. 
Oh, I think it will come again. Yeah, it went. It went well. I'd love to come on again. And if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, do you have any? Do you have Snapchat or do you have Instagram? Uh, Anything where you want your OnlyFans page? What's your OnlyFans? Oh yeah, my only my. My OnlyFans is updated actually nightly. I'm I'm pretty active on Perfect. that one. Yeah, so I'm I'm so I'm paying for medical education. Nice, yeah. nice. I thought for me I was gonna maybe make a, well either Instagram or OnlyFans. There, there's a Instagram page called Thick Officers, and uh, <laughs> Thick Officers. Yeah, I was gonna make a Thick Triathletes. Oh, uh, because what do you call them? Clydesdales, right? When yeah, I'm a Clydesdale. Baby. So for yeah. other Clydesdales and Athenas, you know, so what, what am I if I was an athlete? You, you just be a regular. Regular Joe Schmo. I'm, I'm just an athlete that I don't yeah. get the special horse name. Which is kind of funny that you call like these beefy horses Clydesdale if you're above 220. It's supposed to be like a, I think it's supposed to sound nicer than just like fatty well, yeah. or, or I mean, chunkist. Yeah. So, yeah, fat fuck doesn't really go well with that no, community. No, it doesn't. But anyway, nonetheless, yeah, it's been great. Um, Maybe. Can they find you on Snapchat? Yeah, they can. Uh, I don't know my like Snapchat. Oh, you don't know your, your handle? I don't I don't I'm not I'm not social media enough uh for that kind of stuff. Oh, gotcha. Lauren's much more She's the person that she, she is can... like a Twitter master. She has like a million followers or something. Not not that oh, much, wow. but a lot. Um I I I tend to not do to social media too much except to like my close friends cuz if you haven't noticed it usually gets you in more trouble than it's worth. Nah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Gotta be careful of that. Harvey Weiner. Yeah, will, you will never concur. know. One day you're just masturbating, and the next day you're masturbating on Zoom in front of the whole the whole nationwide. world, and you're getting yeah. busted. Yeah, on C- live so. on CNN for everyone to see. <laughs> good deal. Well, All thanks right. again, man, and good luck with your med school match or yeah. med school med- your residency match is coming up. So. Yeah, that, and that's gonna be a big uh, a big thing for me because that's gonna decide where I'm gonna be for the next few yeah, years. Yeah, could be so. Seattle, could be Colorado. Could be, could be really anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So we'll find out. Yeah, man. Cool. All right. Well, hey, peace out. Later, bruh.